All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America. Happy Thursday. Big show for you today. We're going to take most of the show today and take you inside Ukraine. A firsthand account. I'm very excited about this, actually, from someone who's been living in Ukraine, who supports freedom, supports American-style freedom in Ukraine, is trying to create a free market enterprise and solution both before the war, before Russia grossly attacked Ukraine during the war. And of course, she already has an eye on how she's going to rebuild her country when Ukraine kicks Russia's butt, like she certainly hopes. We've got a great guest today, Natalia Milnik. She is a Ukrainian-born communications director of the Bendukidze Free Market Center in Kiev, Ukraine. She's a lifelong Ukrainian, saw the fall of the wall, saw the blossoming of democracy in Ukraine, saw the first invasion of Russia in 2014 and the second invasion of Russia in 2022, because both of those on the watch of Joe Biden. She's going to join us alongside of Lawson Bader, my good friend, president and CEO of the Donors Trust. If you want to donate and make a difference in Ukraine, Donors Trust does some really great vetting and arranging. What they do is they get the governments and the big bureaucratic NGOs out of the way and they get people to people so that 100% of your money gets the impact that you want. Your values, your money, your impact are all aligned in Ukraine. Lawson and his team at Donor Stress are doing some amazing work. We're going to learn about that. We're going to have a long, deep conversation. This is something we very seldom get a chance to talk to people who've been through this war firsthand, know the needs of the Ukrainian people. You know, even things like viper serum that the soldiers now that they're in the Ukrainian force are getting bit by poisonous vipers. And that's something Ukraine never stockpiled before. Those are the sort of daily needs that you're donating money if you were to enlist with donors trust and get read up and read in you can make a difference and then we're going to take a detour and take a great interview we had on our tv show last night put it into the podcast here austin scott the great congressman from georgia good friend of our shows he's going to talk a little bit about how far off the january 6th committee has been in its allegations there to defend of course congressman barry loudermilk who's been falsely accused of the video debunked it our work here at just the news debunked that and we're gonna have a great conversation with austin scott who is really just a straight shooter former military man current congressman 
from the great state of Georgia. Great interview to round out the podcast today. Now, before we get to those interviews, I don't want to take a lot of time because Natalia is a star. You're going to want to hear from her firsthand. You're going to want to hear from Lawson. You might even be motivated to do something to help the great people of Ukraine. But before we get there, I want to adjust for a second. I keep working on the capital security issues, what really happened on January 6th, not what the January 6th committee wants the political argument to be, but the actual facts. I did this 21 years ago when I was the lead investigative reporter for the Associated Press, and I unwound what really happened after 9-11, that horrible attack where we lost nearly 3,000 Americans in the hijacked planes and the attacks on the World Trade Center and Pentagon, and of course the plane that fell into Pennsylvania or was flown into the ground by the terrorists in Pennsylvania. But I say this because early on, the Bush administration, Condi Rice and other people, stood at the podium and said, we were sucker punching. That didn't make sense to me. Like, wait a second, the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, they had no no inkling this was coming. And I did two years of reporting, a lot of it won awards. But its goal was to show that the American government knew almost every aspect of the plot. They knew almost every aspect of the plot. That's what's so amazing about it. And they failed to connect the dots. They failed to work with each other. The bureaucratic lapses, uh, much of my reporting became the fodder for what the 9-11 Commission ultimately found as factual and also found to fix. that We could actually fix this. Now, the January 6th Committee, Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney, could actually do this for the American people because the truth of the matter is the storyline that the Capitol Police and the Capitol and the Capitol Security Apparatus under Nancy Pelosi didn't see this coming is now demonstrably false. It didn't make sense to me, just like 9-11 original stories didn't make sense. We've dug in for two or three weeks, nonstop reporting with Capitol Police on the front lines, and we've proven just everything. But this morning's story may be the most important story to date that I've written. I have put into the public domain the actual documents. You don't have to take my word on this. I'm not so arrogant to think you should believe my story just because I tell you to believe it. I'll leave that arrogance for the New York Times and CNN have misled you many times. We post our documents. We posted these documents. On December 21st, 2020, two and a half weeks before the $600 million Capitol Police force was overrun by a ragtag gang of protesters at the Capitol, the Capitol Police, at the highest levels, right at the entry level of its intelligence division, received dual warnings, one from Homeland Security, federal U.S. agency, U.S. Homeland Security Department, and another from an intelligence agent working for the Metropolitan Police Department in the Metropolitan D.C. government. They provided eight to 10 pages of very specific warnings that the bad guys who would eventually show up from Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and other extremist radical groups that they had been planning since mid-December. Let that sink in for a second. Mid-December to attack the Capitol, that they were talking about bringing guns and secreting them under their coats, that they were talking about burning down the Supreme Court, that they had maps and were talking about targeting tunnels underneath the Capitol to trap members of Congress and keep them from being able to attend the vote that was supposed to occur that day to certify the election. At every arm, at every leg of this, there were specific warnings. The level of specificity, the level of vitriol, the level of emotion that made clear that before January 6th, before Christmas 2020, the Capitol Police had the warnings, the places that they knew were being looked at, tunnels, Capitol routes, 
They knew that people were talking of storming the Capitol, of blocking the vote, of attacking members of Congress. There was a specific threat against Nancy Pelosi, a specific threat about targeting the tunnels, lots of talk about carrying guns, and an incredible declaration by someone in the Proud Boys, I believe it was, or another one of the extreme groups. There was an effort to wage a bloody war, wage a bloody war. In other words, the Capitol Police were put on notice two and a half weeks early that violence was likely to happen on a large scale. That intelligence never made it into any of the intel reports that go to the commanders, the the frontline police officers, the riot teams, the civil disturbance units, as we call them. This is a epic failure. Now, the failures of 9-11 cost a lot more lives, right? 3,000 lives or nearly 3,000 lives were lost on 9-11. There were no people except one killed on the day of the Capitol. Ashley Babbitt shot by a Capitol police officer. But the parallels of the intelligence failures, the security failures, the failure to connect the dots, the failure to communicate, the failure of bureaucrats to do their job are almost identical. And the truth of the matter is this evidence, a lot of members of Congress now telling me what I put out there in the public, is proof that the Capitol Police could have likely prevented the worst of January 6th from happening. Could have likely prevented it. They had it two and a half weeks early. They dropped the ball. They didn't even distribute the intel to their police chief or to the frontline commanders, riot units, frontline police officers, so that most of the police walking in to their job on January 6th on the Capitol thought it's going to be just another day, another type of MAGA event, when in fact, for two and a half weeks before that, their leadership, at least some in their leadership, knew there were going to be attacks. That is unforgivable. That is a failure of leadership. That is documented on Just the News. Go to my story tonight, Bloody War. The Capitol Police got more than two weeks' notice of that violence might occur on January 6th memo show. Go download the memos, particularly the eight-page technical intelligence bulletin that came in from Homeland Security. It is detailed. If you read that and think, oh, well, I don't think anything's going to happen on January 6th, I don't know what you read. But that's certainly how a lot of the police leadership did. This is a failure that could have been prevented. We have that, and I think we'll talk a little bit about that with Austin Scott in the second half of the podcast. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Natalia Milnick from Ukraine, Lawson Bader from Donors Trust, they're going to kick us off. We're going to learn about what's going on in Ukraine, how you can make a difference. And then we're going to go to the great congressman from the state of Georgia, Austin Scott, to talk about the January 6th story that you won't see at the hearings today, tomorrow, yesterday. The Democrats don't want to have a conversation about security and security prevention. That's bad for the American people. We'll show you why in the second interview. We'll be right back after this commercial break from our great partners, advertisers, and sponsors. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer. No, but it can powerfully 
help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Excited to have this next conversation. All of us in America are worried about what's happened in Ukraine. We want to help. That's our natural nature in America to be generous and to be engaged in the places of the world where there are grave problems going on. But it isn't easy to always make the right choice. And so we're going to give you a little help today. We have two amazing guests joining us. First up, Lawson Bader. He's the president and CEO of Donors Trust, one of the most important charitable organizations in America. They help align your charitable donations with your values. That's a very important thing. And then Natalia Melnick, she's the communications director, and I'm going to see if I can say this right, the Bendikudzi Free Market Center. Did I get that right, Natalia? That's close enough. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll get you to get it right for us. Um, Lawson and Natalia, welcome to the show. <laughs> Glad to be here. That's great. Thank the- you for having us. Uh, Natalia, I can't wait to get your story because you grew up in Ukraine. You're living, you've been living there. I know you're in America for a few days, but um, I want to really get your first person account. But before we do that, I want to start with Lawson because I've seen Donors Trust in action for years and they are so important in taking people who really want to make a difference or money, make sure that we align it. There's a lot of fundraising going on out there. A lot of people saying they want to help in Ukraine. How does someone who wants to step into that void say, I want to help, I want to make a difference, make a good choice and not be giving money away to something that might actually not reach the great people of Ukraine? 
Thanks, John. No, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, appreciate the shout out. Uh, the first question people need to answer is, you know, what, what is their motivation? What's their reason for doing this? Uh, if it's the purely sort of humanitarian, the kind of responses we see when there's a natural disaster, or in this case in Ukraine, quite an unnatural disaster, um, the, the food, the shelter, the housing. And then oftentimes is done in the, in the, the big block organizations, your, your organization of American states and a quasi-governmental one, your American Red Cross, International Red Cross, these kinds of things. But the real question is, but how do you be strategic? How do you, how do you align your values where you're looking at what's happening geopolitically and say, look, this is just not right? Yes, I want to provide shelter, but how can I actually be helpful to the Ukrainian people who are trying to defend their country, defend their homes? So if you if you sort of come to that second question, that's where we and a lot of other organizations come in. So there's there are things like the Atlas Network has a Ukrainian Freedom Fund. Um, we have our own donors who are uh, giving us instructions on how to find the places where it's essentially a peer-to-peer. It's money going to purchase things that are then being driven, in some cases, literally to another center in Poland, then going to the border and then connecting with Natalia and her network, who are then also sending messages back about this is what we actually need. Food and shelter is great. What we're missing are a certain kind of a tourniquet that will only work in this condition. So we then have people both in the United States, outside the United States, who have the ability to buy these things put them into the network, it's then distributed, and we at Donors Trust and others are able to then provide the funds for the purchasing of those things, and then we work with the individuals who are actually doing the delivery, and there's no government-to-government involvement at all. It's peer-to-peer, and that's the 100% guarantee that it's going to actually get to the people in need. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, a lot of times people give, and even if the, the, the charity you're giving to has good intentions, being able to logistically deliver it, particularly in a war zone, that can be a complication, and a lot of money can get wasted that way. That's why Exactly. Yeah, what you're doing, Lawson, at Donors Trust is so, so important. Uh, Natalia, you grew up in Ukraine. You live there now. Tell the American people what it's been like since the Russian assault on your country. Uh, well, yes, I'm a very proud Ukrainian, especially these days. Um, and I want to remind everyone that uh, for us, uh, the invasion started in 2014, right. uh, back when Russia invaded Crimea and then eastern Ukraine. So right now, basically, we are in uh, the fourth month of an eight-year-old war. But definitely, it feels different right now, because even back then in 2014 and before this latest invasion, it sometimes felt that the war was um, kind of localized and far away. Uh, But now it's all over the place, right? Because in um, February, February 24th, Um, places in western Ukraine got bombed, which were supposed to be a safe haven for Ukrainians to uh, run to, to, you know, grab their things and um, go there to uh, remove themselves from immediate danger. And then uh, that day we saw that, well, uh, there isn't a place like that anymore. So right now in Ukraine, you won't find a region that hasn't been bombed at least once. So in many cases, it just happens, um, you know, for more uh, psychological pressure. And like we are already dealing with a lot of difficult things. Uh, People are losing homes and uh, um, more than 14 million Ukrainians um, are displaced. And um, about 7 million Ukrainians had to leave the country. Um, Our economy is in shambles. 
and um, each day we are uh, getting, you know, uh, more and more news about um, someone we know or a friend of friends who got killed or injured. So all of us have been dealing with um, this horrible guilt, right? The, the ones who survived, the ones who still have a home, or the ones who are safe somewhere abroad. And the way for us to deal with this guilt is to try to be useful in some way. Sure. And this is what has been driving a lot, this humanitarian effort um, that Ukrainians um, are participating in. Because this is a um, basic grassroots efforts that we are talking about. And uh, all of us are just trying to find a niche uh, where they can be uh, the most helpful. Right. Uh, not trying to overtake major foundations that are, uh, you know, doing the big picture stuff. Uh, but since we are on the ground, we are very well placed to um, receive uh, basically lists of urgent needs uh, that need to be um, covered as soon as possible. And um, we deal with uh, humanitarian and medical aid. And um, we are using um, the network at our disposal as part of uh, Atlas Network sure. community of organizations all over the world to get access to things that it's uh, impossible to get in Ukraine and even in neighboring countries, because basically we bought whatever was available. And then we find ourselves in a situation in which we have uh, antibiotics shortages or insulin shortages um, and these are the, the life-saving things uh, that you need on a regular basis and uh, we need we're trying to make sure that Ukrainians who are still in Ukraine uh, are getting taken care of medically and also working with tactical medical aid to make sure that we can save as many lives as possible um, you know, in hotspots, in most dangerous areas, be it civilian lives or uh, the lives of our servicemen and servicewomen. Yeah, that's such an important mission. Uh, can you give us a little brief mission, an overview of the Bendikidze Free Market Center? It uh, obviously had one mission before the war started. Uh, I assume that's been transformed as you've been talking about. Give us a little bit about its mission and what it does and, and what you do every day. So my organization was founded back in 2015, and the goal was uh, to unleash Ukraine's economic potential. Um, so we were working on our basically day job was uh, uh, doing a policy analysis, uh, policy recommendations, um, economic research, and um, economic education. Uh, because uh, we, we see the need for um, increasing levels of economic literacy in the country. But all of that uh, had to be on pause uh, right after the invasion, um, because first of all, we were in survival mode, and then when everyone was safe and uh, settled, uh, we turned to humanitarian efforts with the help of um, our community and network, and now we are starting to resume our day jobs uh, because we do believe that um, we should be getting ready for what comes next, you know, after we win the war. Um, after we have to 
actually get down to um, rebuilding the country and making sure that we don't go back to the way Ukraine was pre-war, that we built something much better, more prosperous, more successful, with more economic freedom, because this is the direct way to a higher level of security in the country, because we will be a lot uh, better positioned to defend ourselves in the future, because unfortunately, we cannot just uh, you know, uproot Russia and move it somewhere else or uh, <laughs> yes. all the way in space, right? Yeah. So we are stuck with this neighbor uh, to the north. And historically, um, this is not the first time uh, we've been having issues with Russia. So we just need to make sure that when next time um, happens, we will be a lot better prepared and we won't have to be uh, begging for, uh, for help, for, for guns, uh, for means, for protecting ourselves. But, uh, but we will be able to take care of the problem on our own. Yeah, that is and so, so that's why we are trying to um, organize a coalition of uh, pro-market organizations in the country so that we uh, join forces and promote this platform for making Ukraine uh, prosperous and successful and influencing the roadmap, um, governmental roadmap for rebuilding the country uh, when the time comes for that to happen. That is such an important thing and so much foresight. Um, Lawson, you have this extraordinary Atlas network that you've plugged into the Ukraine effort. You also have an amazing page, Ways to Help Ukraine, that I've looked at often. Um, Talk a little bit about how, even in the middle of a war, the opportunity to grow a free market mentality in a country that maybe didn't have it during the Soviet era is still there, even even as you're trying to help on the humanitarian front. Sure. It's, uh, you know, I was fortunate as a child, as, a, as an adult, young adult, to spend time in, in what was a Soviet Union and behind the Iron Curtain in the late 70s and 80s, which certainly shapes one uh, pretty, pretty permanently. I bet it does. Uh, and so this has been sort of a personal thing for many years. But the reality is that, you know, it's not just, we, we all saw what happened sort of when the wall collapsed and collapsed the Soviet Union. There was this thought of, oh, of course, markets always work because that's what happens and you go in and why wouldn't you do otherwise? And the realization is that this is a you know, generational uh, in terms of how we understand the ideas of free exchange and sort of that classical liberal perspective. Um, and I think the, the West sort of overdid it or, or it made some assumptions. And now we're sort of almost revisiting 1983 all over again. Um, and that's been a wake up call. But the nice thing is in those 30, 40 years since this all happened, places like the Atlas Network. And there are 500 organizations around the world that are committed to the ideas of sort of classic liberal, you know, in the, in the international sense, not in just the U.S. sense, right. that are, are working very directly on, it's one thing to defend a country. It's one thing to, to be active in, in, a, in a time of crisis. It's how do you actually have the institutional change? How do you develop the ability for a fourth grader to understand basic economic concepts? Um, that will one day make that fourth grader a more successful entrepreneur when he or she is 15, let alone a college graduate now working. And that's a that's a multi-generational effort. The nice thing, even though it's a tragic thing, is you see what's happening in Ukraine um, and the Lithuanians and the Estonians and the Latvians are looking over their shoulder, realizing, wait a minute, you know, th- we've been here before. 
And there's a generation who doesn't understand what that world was like. And I think that's the opportunity is with the young people. I think what Russia has just done is allow the former Eastern republics to look at their 19-year-olds who didn't know any better and to think, guess what, this can happen again. And that's focusing significantly the opportunity. And when you're given an opportunity, you you take it. And so it's not just the, the way of getting funds in. It's the ability to say, okay, when we win, when we are successful, what is a classical liberal approach to democratization and, and, a, and sort of a federal perspective mean? And what is wealth creation? How do you get rid of the obstacles to human flourishing that can be sometimes uh, unintentional, but when you have human flourishing, it's not about teaching the man to fish. It's about teaching the village how to actually generate an entire fish processing plant that then benefits the entire region. And that's, I think, the opportunity that we have with the situation. Yeah, the opportunity to create sustainable free market enterprise in that region of the world is is such a great thing. And I know it's one of the many things uh, that Donors Trust is helping to um uh, persist and, and, and get going. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about what it does in the donor world when you see someone like a President Zelensky, the resilience that he exudes on behalf of the, uh, the extraordinary Ukrainian people. He's the perfect representative of Ukrainians. They are so resilient. I've known so many great Ukrainians going back to the 80s. Um, how, how does that affect donors when they see someone in the face of tyranny, standing up and saying, I'm not going to buckle. I'm going to I'm going to lead my people to victory. Does that really motivate donors at this moment in history? I think they do. The, the first lesson is that actors seem to make good presidents. Yeah. So um, there's a whole lesson there that might be an opportunity. Um, so the second thing, but no, when I mean, donors always connect with the leader. In fact, I would say the majority of reasons why donors are giving to groups is, yes, a general sense of the mission, but it's when they connect with somebody, it may be the CEO, it may be somebody else, who lives the passion. That is the most successful model for both fundraising and putting, putting money into action. And where I think it manifests itself most significantly is not just in the work that Natalia and others are doing, because they're essentially taking a risk. There's a gamble. There's no promise that this is going to succeed. But donors are willing to place that bet, recognizing that the return could be significant. The return could be tragic, but it's not dollars wasted because they believe in the person who him or herself believes in that. And that is why uh, Natalia and others, I think, are so successful in this is because they live it. They believe it. um, It's what they're doing. And donors like to see that. Yeah, no, I, there's no doubt about it. They do. They, they love to see resilience in action. Um, Natalia, there's a lot of uh, storied history between the United States and Ukraine. Uh, there's all of the uh, stereotypes as well. It's always been labeled a corrupt country, although its people are just remarkably gracious. I've, I've had such a blessing to meet so many of them over the years. What is something you want at this moment when, when American donors can make a big difference in, in, the, in this effort to back Ukraine and its fight for freedom? What's something you want the American public to know about your country, men and women, that they may not know, that the American media has failed to convey? So I think the most important thing to uh, understand is that what we're doing now is walking the talk. So we are fighting for the values that we believe in. We are fighting for our freedom. We are fighting for our home and for our future and the future of our children. Um, So it's not the Ukrainian government sending Ukrainian people to die. 
it's hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians. And if we're talking about Ukrainians um, as a whole, as part of the whole uh, movement to defend Ukraine against the attack, it's millions of Ukrainians who are making conscious decision to resist. Uh, and I think th- that's the important part, right? Because if you um, don't do anything to uh, defend your values, then those are just pretty words then don't mean anything. And um, so we are doing our part. Uh, we are fighting. We are resisting, but we can't do it alone. And uh, I'm talking about support when it comes to um, humanitarian aid. And I'm talking about military aid, of course, because uh, we can't uh, defend ourselves and we can't win the war if we don't have the means uh, for it. So um, to us, delivering the message that this is not a Ukraine issue, right? This is not something that just happening um, so far away that it's not relevant to uh, other countries. This is not true. Uh, And it's not just because uh, of the values that we are trying to protect that we do share with Americans. uh, But it's also the matter of uh, um, uh, food, world food security as we see right now. So um, this is a a much larger scale issue that uh, we are all dealing with. And um, one of the fears that we currently have is because the war um, is turning into a rather lengthy um, thing. This latest invasion is that people will lose interest and people will stop caring. And uh, as, as soon as that happens, then we will be left uh, all alone. And uh, one of the things why we, we tell these stories, we share our experiences, and we, we talk to foreign media is to make sure that uh, we are not forgotten and uh, that what's happening in Ukraine is, uh, um, is being explained to uh, people on the outside, you know, so that we share this experience and uh, um, like join in the fight, like everything you do to help to influence the situation, you are becoming a stakeholder um, of this um, freedom fight that's uh, happening in the middle of Europe in the 21st century. Yeah, oh, this is our, our World War II moment in many ways. I had this amazing interaction with a good friend of mine in Ukraine. He lives in the suburbs of Kiev and, and try to stay in touch with him every few days just to make sure he's still okay. His parents' place had been hit by one of the rockets early on, though they were not badly injured, thankfully. But he said to me, you know, I used to, when I come to America, I always, always love the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson, which is the story of the, the Swamp Fox militia in South Carolina, famous movie Mel Gibson. And, and he said to me, he said, I'm going to put this in real terms to you, John. Uh, this is our The Patriot moment. This is Ukraine's moment to stand up to tyranny. And we have to win, whether we're ragtag, smaller, than Russia. Uh, do most Americans, uh, do most Ukrainians feel that way right now, Natalia, that this is their the, the revolution to finally put Russia in its place? Yeah, yes, um, in some way it is. Um, basically, to most of us, we see it as our uh, last stand of sorts, right. because we do understand that if we don't win now, uh, it means that there will be another Belarus yeah. 
yeah. in Europe because yep. we will lose Ukraine not just as a country that we are citizens of. We will use uh, we will lose Ukraine that we've been dreaming of, that we've been working on building in the future, and this is unacceptable. And uh, at the same time, we understand that when we win this now, uh, it won't be, you know, the final boss if we're talking about the video game uh, situation, because we know that Russia will be back again. Yep. Uh, no, it right. will not just um, leave us alone. But um, our position is the following. We need to win this war now. And we need to get our affairs in order. We need to resolve our issues that we've been dealing with since 1991 um, to make sure that, like I said, when they come back again, we will be in a much better position. Or if we're doing so well that they will be discouraged from ever attacking us again. Yep. This has to be that deterrence moment. Winning this war would create a, a pretty significant deterrence for Russia never to do it again. Such an amazing opportunity. Uh, real quickly, uh, Lawson, how can people engage donors' trust, particularly if they're motivated to want to help the great people of Ukraine at this moment of crisis? What's the best way to get involved with donors' trust? Sure. I think the easiest is to go to our website, which is just donorstrust.org. Um, our contact information is there. The simplest is just to use that information, get the phone number, give us a call. Um, any of my staff will be happy to to help. Um, we also can correlate into things like the Atlas uh, uh, Ukrainian Freedom Fund that we are participating in. So just give us a call, depending on what your interest is. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and the warning is if you're going to Poland anytime soon, we may also ask you to bring a suitcase full of things. So um, it may be that kind of relationship, too. But just go to the website. Give us a call. We can fill in the details. We can also get the information again from you as to what are you really trying to do, what are you trying to accomplish, and get you to the right institution that's a trusted one to make sure that, that whatever that resource is, is getting to be someone on the ground. And we're just ignoring the whole government-to-government thing because we can be more efficient about it. Yeah, that it is. You get the governments out of the way. The the point-to-point is definitely the best way to get philanthropy on the ground. Uh, There's also a great page. I bookmarked it back in March or April. uh, But there's a page on Donors Trust, folks, if you haven't had a chance, the ways to help Ukraine. It's just really well written. It lays out the entire network that uh, Natalia... Uh, and others are part of, and that and that uh, Lawson and his team have been supporting uh, freedom fighters and freedom uh, lovers in Ukraine. Natalia, last word, uh, what's something you know the Ukrainian people need right now that if someone's thinking of donating, they could make a difference right now? What's something really important right now for the Ukrainian people? Well, other than weapons, <laughs> weapons and more weapons, <laughs> uh, I would say that if and when you're donating to um, all of these um, you know, opportunities that Lawson mentioned, it will go to the most urgent needs. Uh, for instance, something that we're dealing in Ukraine right now is uh, um, sourcing uh, anti-viper serum uh, because uh, we don't have it in the country at all. And we do have viper snakes uh, living in our forests and mountains. So um, what I'm trying to um, uh, like bring up is that by working through um, the organizations that Lawson mentioned, 
um, people uh, who donate funds there, they will know for sure that the money will go to the most urgent needs, um, no matter how small or big, and that it will um, all go to cover those needs, and uh, they can be sure that uh, you know it, it's money well spent. And it's not just money well spent, but it's uh, an investment in a really good cause, uh, if I may. So um, needs change basically every minute of every day. We do have different lists coming in, and uh, it's both um, life-saving opportunities uh, to help uh, with patient care in uh, hospitals, both adult and children's hospitals, and the needs of frontline. So um, whatever it is, um, we are working with the help of donors uh, to make sure that um, you know, people get what they need and that they get it as soon as possible. And, and it's one of the reasons why uh, we can be very efficient um, when we are avoiding this government-to-government link that Lawson was talking about, because we avoid all of the bureaucracy, all of the negotiating, and we just get things done very quickly. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Big government creates big delays. We see it all the time. Uh, Lawson Bader from Donors Trust, Natalia Milnick from the Ben Dukidzi Free Market Center. We are so lucky you you brought us inside this world today. Uh, Folks, if you want to make a difference, Donors Trust can get that money started. Align your values with your money, with your impact. You can actually make an impact. Make sure it reaches all those great people that Natalia was just talking about. Natalia Lawson, thanks for joining me today. It was a great honor to have you on. Uh, privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. Give everybody in Ukraine a big warm welcome from all of us at Just the News, too. We're, we're fighting right alongside you in spirit, for sure, Natalia. Thank you. Will do. And hopefully next time uh, I will be able to provide an update on how we won the war. I'm going to take you up on that. In the country <laughs> to, to make it much better than it was before. We're looking forward to Ukraine's VD Victory Day. We can't wait for that to happen. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take a little bit of a tour through the Capitol. We're going to find out a few of the things of the January 6th committee. Well, they're not talking about. We've got a great interview coming up right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. So glad to have this next guest. He always gives us facts and truth. No spin. I always enjoy having the conversation. I know Amanda does, too. Joining us now from the great state of Georgia, Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Hey, John, Amanda, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are honored to have you on. I know you want to talk about your colleague from the great state of Georgia, uh, what's happened to him, what the Capitol of the January 6th police have done, even after the Capitol police gave a pretty irrefutable letter saying Congressman Lottomick didn't do anything wrong. He just gave a normal constituent orb. Today they put out the video and they're all hyperventilating again. He's not in the Capitol. He doesn't do anything wrong. How do they get away with this? John, let me let me just read for your for your viewers what the what the Capitol Police said. And let me remind you, this is the same police that the committee has brought before them repeatedly to testify and say we should be respecting the things that 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 these police officers are saying. And they do a wonderful job of protecting us here at the Capitol. I want to give them all the credit they deserve for that. And I want to read to you word for word what their statement is. There is no evidence that Representative Loudermilk entered the U.S. Capitol with this group on January the 5th, 2021. We train our officers on being alert for people conducting surveillance or reconnaissance, and we do not consider any of the activities we observed as suspicious. There's a little more to the letter. That's the conclusion, but they go bit by bit into the things that the committee says they they deem to be suspicious, and uh, the Capitol Hill police refute them indisputably. And then the committee turns around and came back after after Barry again today uh, with another post. Now, now, let's think about what Barry Loudermilk did. They accused him. Barry said, I didn't do it. In fact, I want the police to investigate it. The police investigate it. The police say he didn't do it. And then the committee comes back and accuses him again, even after the police, you know, said he didn't do it. And so I, I think that committee, which is clearly a partisan witch hunt, is sitting there hiding behind uh, an exemption to liability for the conduct of members of Congress. And I will tell you, Barry Loudermilk's a good man. He's a middle class man. I think it'd be very interesting if uh, if he had the money to bring suit against the staff members that have posted this against him and the members of the committee that have engaged in this witch hunt against him especially since the Capitol Police have already said there's nothing to this, and then to turn around and watch what the clowns on the committee posted today. So, um, again, they've proven they're nothing but a partisan witch hunt. Uh, none of them deserve to be members of Congress anymore. And I hope I hope Representative Loudermilk is, is able to actually put them into a court and, and uh, be awarded damages for what they are doing to him and his family's reputation. And he, by the way, John is getting threats to him and his family. Of course, threats of violence against a Republican. That's that's actually what um, Democrats encourage, isn't it? Yeah. And Congressman, you know, I, I don't know if it's obfuscation. I, I don't really know 
what their ultimate aim is with this committee. Well, I do know what their ultimate aim is with this committee hearing, but it feels a little bit like a miscalculation because you only had 20 million viewers last week, and I think that's even debatable. This week, they've canceled the broadcast. I think that there's going to be even more support galvanized behind Congressman Loudermilk. And a lot of these people that have been targeted by the January 6th committee, do you think that that's going to drive voters who are more down the middle to look at these Republicans and say, you know, they were targeted by this, these crazy Democrats. Maybe I should go the other way this time. Oh, I think the January 6th committee is absolutely backfiring on the people that put it in. And, and I think that the people in the general public that, that, that were actually supportive of the committee are now getting to see what the committee is all about. I mean, when you schedule a primetime hearing and you have teleprompters and you have skits and everything else, and then you turn around and you make a, a very pointed accusation against a member of Congress, and like they did with Barry Loudermilk. Barry Loudermilk says, hey, didn't do it, but I know you're not going to take my word for it, so I want the police to investigate it. The very police force that you've had testifying before your committee, which I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, comes back and says, didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing even suspicious here. And then they turn around and go after him again the next day. I think people see that this is this is a witch hunt and uh, it is an extremely partisan witch hunt. And uh, I hope those members that, that are that are engaging in this pay a price at the polls this coming November. Yeah, there has to be a consequence for putting on this big of a charade. There really does. And, and uh, I, I did my college uh, dissertation on Joe McCarthy. This is worse than some of the stuff he did. There's no doubt about it. It's just crazy. Absolutely. Congressman, you have been such an eloquent voice on something Americans really care about, gas prices, food prices. Joe Biden wants to go to Saudi Arabia and beg for more oil from the OPEC cartel. Why we have bundles of it here in America. Does he have this calculation wrong? He's absolutely got it wrong. Uh, OPEC is a cartel. The members of OPEC are not our friends. There are people in this world, countries in this world that share our interests and they share our values. The OPEC cartel does does neither of those. Uh, we do engage in, if you will, uh, transactional relationships with those countries simply because there is a need uh, that we that we each have with each other. But what he has done is to make us more dependent on people who don't share our, our interests or our values by things like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, he, he's where, where we could have gotten the oil from. Canada transported through a pipeline to our refineries inside the United States. He's now complaining that the United States doesn't have enough refineries. When I, I candidly, seriously doubt that he would issue a permit to build a refinery when he, when he actually withdrew the permit to build the pipeline. I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy can't get out of his own way. And what we need is him to get out of America's way. And unfortunately, he keeps doubling down on his mistakes instead of backing up. If he wants to be a great president, he should just take us back to where we were before he got elected. Congressman, quick question. We've got about 45 seconds left. You're from the great state of Georgia, a big ag state. And I know we ask you about this every time you come on, but I wanted to get an update on the gas and supply chain crisis with respect to the ag industry. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, our big farmers buy, buy diesel 9,000 gallons at the time. So, you know, you can, you can, you can take, you know, what you're doing at, Every time you pull in at the gas pump, and you can you can multiply that exponentially, right? And so uh, a, a tank of diesel that a couple of years ago cost twenty five thousand dollars or, or twenty thousand dollars, you know, is now forty five thousand dollars. 
if you look at um, nitrogen, and I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, a fertilizer, the input costs have gone up exponentially with regard to agriculture. That's having a tremendous impact on uh, the cost of groceries at the store. But more than that, our farmers have ever had and still end up upside down because of the input costs. And there will be no... It's unbelievable, Congressman, with that. We're going to have to leave it there just because we're about to hit a break. Thank you for joining us, sir. Folks, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Before you go, you know, it's summer. It's getting muggy and humid and the storms come rolling through. You're probably spending a lot of time on your back deck like Judy, Josh and I are and the dogs are. And, uh, you know, what better way to spend a Saturday night than having a nice, cool well-preserved, good-tasting glass of wine. Now, to do that, you not only have to get the great wine, you got to store it right. You got to make sure it doesn't spoil, it isn't stored properly, or you're going to ruin that long-craved evening in the summer, maybe while you're overlooking your yard, sipping a glass of wine, having fellowship with your family, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your neighbors. So, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but summer heat and sunlight can spoil the wine. I left a bottle of wine out on the counter for a long time right near a window and when we opened it up it's like oh it's more like vinegar than wine what happened my bad well we're going to help you fix this we've got a great new partnership with wine enthusiasts they have the best solutions to store your wine they have great designs and they have the largest selection of wine coolers for every drinker whether you just have six bottles of wine or 600 bottles of wine. You've got a huge collection. I know a few people that are wine connoisseurs and you could fill a room or two with them. Well, the wine enthusiast has the solution for everybody from six to 600 bottles. And they also have consultants get on the phone. You tell them what you want, they're gonna craft a solution for you. And you know what? We're just a few days from Father's Day, but it's not too late to get dad a gift, an accessory, a glassware, furniture, wine storage, even some cigar gifts. If your dad likes to smoke a cigar, or drop of whiskey in the glass, they've got that too at the Father's Day gift shop at Wine Enthusiast. So go check that out today. Let me tell you why. If you let them know I sent you, 
you're going to get special offers, special discounts, and it's not too late to get something for dad. Now, how are you going to tell them I sent you? Here's what you can do. You're going to go to wineenthusiast.com. You got that? Wineenthusiast.com and go check out their thing. Or you can text the word John, J-O-H-N, my first name, of course, to 511-511. That's all I got to do. Text the word John to 511-511. You know what's going to happen? They're going to text you back a way to get special offers, special discounts, special gifts because you remember the Justin News family, the John Solomon Reports family. What better way to do this? Now, if you do this, you're going to be supporting our journalism and our news because the wine enthusiast is a great strategic partner of us here at Just the News and John Solomon Reports. You're going to get great gifts and you're going to make sure you don't have that situation that Judy and I had the day I left the bottle of wine in the sunlight for several days and tried to pop it open and oh, it was a bad taste. I got some trouble. I got in trouble at home. I was in the doghouse ruining a great bottle of wine. Don't let that happen. I got another great wine story I'm going to tell you. It involves Nelson Mandela. Tomorrow, I'll tell you that. It'll remind you one more time to go check out Wine Enthusiasts before the weekend. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Check us out day and night. Hey, tonight on the television show, Just the News, Not Noise, on Real America's Voice, Congresswoman Mary Miller, Dr. Harvey Risch from Yale, the one of the great voices on COVID, honest voices on COVID, and Trent Talbot, the CEO of Brave Books. They're a great book publisher for children, the type of books you won't be ashamed to share your children or worried that they're going to be given critical race theory or transgenderism. Trent Talbot, in fact, he's the guy publishing our good friend Cash Patel's book, the Plot to Kill the King, which is a great book of helping your young children understand what happened to Donald Trump in the Russia collusion case. What a great lineup on the TV show. Check it out. Amanda Head and I can have a lot of fun tonight. Until then, let me tell you what. You have a great night. God bless you. God bless this incredible country of the United States. As he always says, remember, there are a group of people in Ukraine fighting to have the same type of freedom we achieved against tyranny during the 1770s and 1780s. Yes, our Revolutionary War team. Right now, there's a similar war going on in Ukraine. Natalia Lawson told us how you could help. Just keep that in mind as you go to bed tonight. All right. God bless. Good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. 
it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.